Hello and welcome back to Reeling in the Piers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is the podcast where I get some of my very good friends on to chat about and discuss all kinds of movies. So joining me today, once again, it's Ono Boyle. And he's here to talk about the latest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. I'll fix that in post, fuck it. <laughs> I feel like that could be our intro of our, if we can't like, make awkward conversation. Just like three well, minutes. Talk, of- about how, talk about how I somehow caught the deadly virus that is not being able to speak from you, and it took me nine goes to do that intro. I feel like I spread it to everyone in Killarney after that 30 seconds game. Yeah, I just, I haven't been able to speak since, and I've also lost my sense of taste, so I'm a big fan <laughs> of, uh, insert Ono oh Boyle favourite thing here. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whose voice that's going to be in the edit. <laughs> Oh, hold on, yeah. Hello, mystery person. What's Owen's favourite thing that means he's lost his sense of taste? Thanks for the question, Gary. You can tell that Owen's lost his sense of taste when he orders Bulmer straight away, rather than going up to the bartender and asking, what are the different ciders you have available before ordering Bulmer's? Thank you, mystery voice. Uh, Owen, you're back. Hello. Hey, I'm back, and we are not roommates anymore. We, no, we, no. Five episodes was enough. Called it quits then. Yeah, you moved to another county because of it. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, it was like no job, no house. I'm actually yeah. recording from a cardboard box here. Great acoustics. It's a very nice cardboard box. Box, I'll say. Did you get that from IKEA? Uh, I did actually. Did you get the Gundeschlag? Is that the Gundeschlag <laughs> box? That looks like a Gundeschlag box. This is the Gundeschlag. Uh, I like the way it sleds down hills and keeps me warm at night. There you go. Job done. Um... <laughs> In a tricky situation, I can also put it over my head and hide from security personnel. Shang-Chi! Shang-Chi! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, yeah. Um, speaking of Shang-Chi, I suppose, segueing my own... <laughs> Beautiful segue. Um, you are not only here to talk about Shang-Chi, but you're here to talk about um, the first MCU movie being discussed on the podcast. Woo! Is it actually the first? Yeah, it was only... Are you sure Lawnmower like... Man wasn't one of the MCU, MCU nah, movies? No, that's, that's one of the... That's the uh, that's the PBU, the Pierce Brosnan universe. Ah, okay. Easy to mix those up. They can both yeah. have the word universe One in them. Infinitely better than the other. <laughs> <laughs> One makes a lot less money than the other. One has a lot more sex than the other. I still think that's probably the MCU, though. <laughs> yes, I think Pierce Brosnan could keep up with the entire cast of the MCU. <laughs> I think he could. <laughs> that's his superpower. <laughs> he fucks. Um, he fucks. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so we're, we're, you're here. We're talking about Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. So you saw this and immediately was like, I'm doing this for the pod, Gary. Yeah. What, what made you so passionate to pick what I consider one of the best movies you've done for the podcast? I find that insulting. I would give out to you if I could uh, remember. Nice nice and it, yeah. nice oh, Nizek, nice exactly. Yeah. I knew I did another, an actual good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Is it bad though? Like, I immediately went to Big Trouble in Little China as my good movie, though. So. Oh, yeah, because to compare against this one as well, it's quite interesting. <laughs> Who did it better? Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, this, I, I really enjoyed this movie. This was my second movie I got to see in the cinemas after coming back, first being Suicide Squad. By the way, I loved Suicide Squad. Squad thought it was a really fun movie to see in the cinema. But, uh, yeah, then th- I saw this then, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's going to be my podcast movie, because I just had a great time watching it. And yeah. I think that's what you want from a movie, just to enjoy it. Exactly, yeah, and especially like like you said, when you're back in the cinemas and stuff like this bit, like I I know I kind of mentioned briefly before this that I've been to a few movies this year already, but like this is probably one of the better like oh my god you have to go see this in the cinema kind of movies like Suicide Squad's probably the other big one yeah. that comes to mind, um, Dune, and Fast and Furious Nine of course like you I haven't just, seen it you don't fucking waste your time, uh, but it's uh, no like this, this was like oh my god big action big stunts yeah um, and. Yeah, and I guess what I thought was kind of interesting about this was, it's funny, when someone asks me about the su- the Suicide Squad, do what, they would be like, oh, do you need to see any other ones? And I'm like, yes, no, and maybe. But for this, I kind of feel like, although it being the 25th Marvel movie, uh, or like within the MCU, I wouldn't say you necessarily, besides like some cameos and stuff like that, I wouldn't say you necessarily have to have seen all 24 no, before actually, I would actually say- enjoy this. All you need to have seen before this is that one Hulk movie from years ago, and uh, if even <laughs> like, I would, ha- you need to get the Abomination reference, Gary. It's integral yeah. to the movie. But he looks completely different to how he does in that movie. So he you has even t- unless, unless you were 
Unless you were a big super nerd like me and you, you wouldn't know it's the same character. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but yeah, so I definitely think it's, if, if people haven't seen it um, yet and, you know, weren't too sure about it, I'd say, Jesus, great great cinema movie and you don't need to see the other ones. Um, but for people that might need a bit more convincing, what is this movie about? Um, so yeah, this is essentially Marvel's big uh, action movie, big kung fu movie, and they nailed it. There's definitely some, like mysticism and superhero bits in it but nothing too far-fetched until the very end of the movie and then you wonder if you're actually watching a marvel movie it uh yeah the third act is it's definitely different <laughs> but uh, i like it yeah Gar- gary's a fan I, I, I thought it was spectacular i just don't know how yeah. it fitted with the rest of the movie but uh, yeah. i know i think i'm in the minority for that opinion but yeah and I, I guess like what's kind of interesting about it is like yeah like, you kind of mentioned that it's like their first like like you know dipping their toe into martial arts but it still kind of follows that same superhero like origin story because this is an origin story essentially for the character of shang chi where you kind of see him uh you know he's a normal everyday lad but it turns out he's got a secret backstory and then you realize that his you know superpowers are beating the shit out of people and he's very particularly quite good at that and then his past comes back to haunt him and then it's like him and his friend who doesn't have any superpowers then get thrown into this world of martial arts and mysticism and it's all about them aquafina's superpower is just being the, the ryan reynolds of this movie I yes I agree she is like she's very much kind of put into this as the comedic yeah. like the comedy relief but I will say actually I, I'll get into it a bit later uh, I think she's fantastic in it and did not and surprised me quite a lot in it because I wasn't she, expecting her to be she, as good as she was in it she is definitely excellent in it like I think yeah. well like I think standouts sorry I completely interrupted you as well but like I think standouts from this movie are just the action and the cast like I think the yeah. cast had absolutely fantastic chemistry and you definitely believe a lot of their... Yeah, yeah like, even people like... um. So, obviously, like, Shang-Chi is, like, you know, his his dad's hunting him again because his dad was this big, um, you know, sort of gang leader and sent his son away and then his son tried to escape and was trying to live a normal life, but now the dad's looking for him again and it's all uh, trying to, you know, achieve this sort of sinister goal. Uh, and the, the actor that plays his dad is phenomenal. Can't wait to talk about him either. But, yeah... I guess the main, main point I'm just trying to make is that like it's such an interesting plot in that it's kind of a usual superhero story but it's done so so well in the realm of martial arts and and, and that sort of um sort of cinema making that just makes it a very interesting movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I'd agree. Like, it is like, if you haven't seen this movie, I'd just say go see it because it, like, it's just a good time. I don't think anyone is going to be disappointed, really. Yeah. yeah. And what did you think of... Um, I guess because no one's no one's ever portrayed Shang Chi before, so this is the first introduction to kind of I guess the character of Shang Chi, but also the actor Simo Liu, like yeah. he hasn't been in a lot of stuff. So what what did you what was your kind of first impression of him? Uh, like yeah, he was charismatic, really charismatic, uh, like a fun character to watch on TV. Like I think he he was really good in the role because I think there was there is a lot of him in that character, which I think mm. made it much easier to believe. Because like just from after the movie and seeing him on Twitter and how he reacts to things, like using your own stock images to react to like criticism, the movie is a pretty yeah. funny move. Which I think he definitely took a lot of that into him playing the character, and yeah. it definitely makes me believe the character a lot more and like the character a lot more. Uh, so yeah, I think he did a great job. Like as immediately just like oh, this guy's funny, but then also, like, this guy's fit as fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, like, that's that, that's what I love about this guy, because like, he, he he tweeted, like, back in 2018 or something to Marvel, being like, hey, make me Shang-Chi or something. And uh, and then they did. Uh, and then he, like, retweeted himself, being like, thanks, Marvel. Uh, but, like, he was a stuntman, and that's, like, that's what he was, I think he was in something called Kim's Convenience. I think it's some show. Yeah, I've never it's seen it. it's on Netflix, yeah. On Netflix, yeah, and he was known for that and some other roles. Um, but he was, I think, he was mainly a stuntman. And whatever he did, like to get this role, then I think he put on something like four and a half kg of muscle. He worked out endlessly. He hadn't done martial arts before, and I think he kills it. Jesus, he's, he's just like I would never have believed he never did martial arts before. I uh, yeah, I think he's done stunt work, but he never did actual martial arts before. Um, and then I guess yeah. So what? So what did you think of 
the martial arts in this movie without getting too like because you've watched obviously a lot of martial arts movies uh, and don't you dare quote Big Trouble in Little China to me uh, as, as as previous experience <laughs> but you've obviously watched a fair bit like how does this kind of compare oh it's definitely up there for me like I absolutely love it. it's actually great because this movie actually has a little easter egg for like one of my favourite martial arts movies which is uh, I think Stephen Chow's Kung Fu Hustle uh, yeah, I think, uh, yes, I think yes. Stephen Chow's the director but yeah in uh, when we're first introduced to Shang-Chi in the room is a Kung Fu Hustle poster and it's just like that is like my favourite martial arts movie <laughs> so yeah. it was obviously great to see even like a week before watching this I watched uh, what was that one something dragon uh, Enter the Dragon? No, no, Hidden, hidden oh, Dragon. Oh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I just watched because yeah. Sinead had never seen it before and it was on Netflix, oh, so we right. watched that. And it's just a really yeah. fun action movie as well. So. And, like, what's great is there's, there's kind of shades of a load of different of those types of movies in this. Like, I think that, that yeah. scene that with Wenwu and uh, his wife that I can't remember the name of, uh, like, their scene, uh, their yeah. first fight, um, is very similar to some of the stuff in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, 100%. Also, another fight scene in a movie that we've covered, so we'll get maybe get into that a bit more in the spoilers. <laughs> I can't wait to make that comparison. Yeah. Um, and then even some, like, the bus scene, there's some Jackie Chan movie with a bus scene fight as yeah, well. Yeah, honestly, I never thought about that. But yeah, like, you, you get a lot of, like, the different styles of, like, Kung Fu movie where you do get, like, the, the Jackie Chan style movie from, like, the claustrophobic fights and using your environment yeah. to your advantage. And you also get, like, the, the cable work from, like, yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden, Dra- Hidden Dragon and the more ex- exaggerated moves. And, like, that's why I kind of want to, well, maybe save it for the spoilers, which is why I think the third act kind of works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, and then just another thing I want to talk about as well, um, which was just, well, two main things I suppose for the spoilers. One was just being like, my entire sense of watching this was just like, Marvel made this? Because this is unlike anything they've made before. Oh, yeah. Like, I think the closest they've ever gotten to a movie like this is what, Winter Soldier with the fight choreography, where oh, yeah. it was like, you're watching it and you're just like, this is a Marvel movie and it doesn't seem like one because that was such a spy flick and that was such yeah. like a sort of like a, it was like an action movie but it was also just like a spy movie and there wasn't much like supernatural in it. And yeah. I think that's why I think it's probably the closest comparison to this movie because like, yeah, it's in the set in the Marvel universe but it's like, it's more of a Kung Fu movie than it is a superhero movie. Yeah. And I think that's like, I think Marvel do some of the best things when they're not trying to be a superhero movie. Yeah, and I, I, I agree, but I, I would kind of actually use a movie that came out the same year as Winter Soldier, which would be Guardians. For me, mm-hmm. Guardians, I remember just loving that and being like, this is like nothing else. And I think Shang-Chi, uh, so I won't disagree with you, but I'll it's, I'll phrase my statement a different way, which is it's the most uh, Marvel have strayed outside the box since 2014. Oh yeah, uh, I, I'd agree with I, that. I, I feel like everything's been quite samey. Not in a bad, it's been very like MCE, MCE. MCUE, uh, that's not a word. But yeah, where, but like I felt like this really was just like in terms of like, and I mean everything. I mean the action, the costume, the music, some of the cinematography stuff. Um, is just I how did I don't know how they did this. If it, I'm honest, like who actually directed this movie? Yeah. Oh, it's a guy with a name. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> uh, I have hold on. I have it here somewhere. Yeah. So it's uh, sorry. I have it here. It's Destin Daniel Cretton. Cretton. Um, who wouldn't be you wouldn't know him for a lot I'd actually know I'd seen one of his movies last year uh, called Just Mercy had you seen it it's with Michael B. Jordan no, I fuck me it. that's a great movie really really good um, but it's I think it was like it's very Oscar-y-esque but yeah. very very good uh, and he'd also done something called The Glass Castle with Brie Larson in it and he'd done another movie with Brie Larson as well so yeah. I don't know if like she was the connection for getting him into this but yeah. what I kind of find interesting like with a lot of mo- oh who was it there was some director who came out and said, I'm not working with Marvel because pretty much on the first day I sat down with them, they were like, okay, so you just need to do this stuff and we're going to handle everything else. And it's very much like they kind of do a lot of the stuff for you. Is that Edgar so Wright? I don't know if, it might have been Edgar Wright, yeah. Yeah, Edgar Wright fan man. Because I remember he just comes to mind as a director that left a uh, Marvel property. It was either him or, what the, or was it someone for Thor The Dark World? I can't, Anyway, I just know that's an issue. Oh, no. Or was it Captain Marvel? I can't, there was some issues people were having where Marvel just kind of takes over. And I feel like they might have done it with this a bit. I don't know because I don't I, I don't know what the rest of his work looked like. But he'd never done a Kung Fu movie before. So I'm going to say the other people handled that and he did maybe more of the dramatic stuff. Yeah. That's probably a fair assumption. 
And well, again, this is another like uh, example of Marvel like picking a director who's not really well known, and then them making one of their best movies. <laughs> like, yeah, if we're talking about absolutely. like like Thor Ragnarok, like Taika or what he just like revived that series. James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah he did like what, previously what? best known for Scooby Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so yeah, I'm interested to see what he, he goes on to do now from this because um, he should do some more action movies like this because it's yeah, great. And um, one other thing I want to just mention before, um, that's just a very important point about this movie that distinguishes it from other Marvel movies, is the villain because it's actually quite, he's actually very good. He's a sympathetic villain, not like Thanos who is just like, oh, I bought half the universe because... But he's got a point though. <laughs> 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 this is uh, just no, a, but... yeah this is this is a very sympathetic villain and uh he's excellently acted and portrayed by famous hong kong actor tony his... long T- tony long yes thank you uh for saving me but uh yeah yeah like he's absolutely he, he i think i heard a description of him where he's so good at acting with his eyes <laughs> i read oh that my like god yeah that's yeah a good point. It's, yeah and it's, it's, only, it's only after watching the movie and i read that line i was like yeah jesus christ so many of his like scenes where just looking at the camera and he was so good yeah. um and then just so we did just so we mentioned them in the spoiler free section as well uh the actress who plays Jai Ling, uh shang Ji's sister very good uh she doesn't have really she's kind of maybe in shang Ji's shadow a bit in this movie but this kind of hints that she might have a bit more to do uh, yeah in the future right, it's from the and, tv and, show and, in the future <laughs> but um, but it's like yeah, and I guess this is one of the one of the Marvel movies where I'm like I have no idea where it's going, but I'm very interested to see how how this how this universe verse kind of takes off or how yeah. the people in this to, like integrate with the universe. Yeah, I think we wouldn't be alone saying that we were a bit like sick of superhero movies in Marvel after like the whole Infinity War saga, and I know I was like I suppose speaking for myself, I knew I was very like worn out from superhero movies, and I wasn't very excited. Like even yeah, for like the I... Disney shows, like I think it was only at the finale of Loki is that I was getting yeah. a bit excited again for what they were doing, and then this yeah. has roped me back in sadly. Because yeah. you haven't seen Black Widow yet, have you? No, actually, I haven't seen Black Widow yet. But it's... yeah, yeah, just that. Trust me, that's gonna be the opposite of this. <laughs> just like it's a prequel, and you know yeah. how what happens to the character, and it's never mentioned in the movie, so why care? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. so I couldn't imagine that being a movie that was not, just like getting me excited it's not, again. It's, a, it's not, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get you excited for the future at all. Whereas yeah. this does, in my opinion. Um, right, should we get into spoilers, or is there anything else you want to throw in to kind of talk about the movie and not, not without being about? a filthy spoiler whore? That's fair. Okay, well, now we're, we're getting ready for a segment I like to call Spooky Scary Spoilers. <laughs> Spooky Scary Spoiler in I just the might put in like I think I might just put in like a scream, like a ha! <laughs> <laughs> I might think of something. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, what, 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 what to talk about first, though? What to talk about first? Uh, I think the, the fight scenes maybe is probably good, like a great place to start. Like, if we go yeah. through, like, Jesus, they were so good. And... I think, yeah, the, the bus fight scene in the first act, absolutely incredible. It goes on way longer than you think it would. As well. and, and that's what I find interesting, because the trailer for this kind of made it look a bit shit. The yeah. bus thing, it made it look very average. But when it's allowed breathe in the movie, I know this sounds stupid because the trailers are meant to be shorter. But like, just it looks very two-dimensional, I guess, the trailer made the fight look to be. Uh, like actually compared to another bus fight scene or tram fight scene. Like, you remember the Captain Marvel bus one? Yes. Where she's just, God, yeah, um, that was very was forgettable. Yeah. Yeah, just, that's what I mean, where you compare it to this, and we knew these scenes were happening from the trailers, but, like, one just completely goes up another notch. Um, this was... A f- I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, but, like, is it the best in- action introduction to a character's powers? Oh. In, in Marvel, just off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. I can't imagine there's anything better. Like, like, especially like Thor's just Thor's flapping about with his hammer, killing ice giants. Captain America's running in his bare feet down a street. Brie Larson, I, I, Iron I Man's is pretty good. Iron Man, like the whole escape from the cave. Oh, if you count yeah. that, well, yeah, I, well, I just have to take Iron Man. That's on a different level. You have to just take that <laughs> out straight away. I'd say, I'd say Iron Man's introduction to his powers is probably like, because yeah. that has so much build up to like such a ah, satisfying yeah. escape. So that'll probably be up there for me. Uh, but yeah, I just, the, the bus, um, yeah, because it, it comes out of nowhere. Because it's just it's just him and Aquafine on a bus, and all of a sudden someone comes looking for a pendant that his mom gave him at birth, and 
we don't know because it's great because we don't really know if he has superpowers yet I guess because I didn't look too much at the trailer so we're like does he know how to fight yet yeah. does he have to be trained what's the crack and he just kicks the fucking shit out of all of these lads <laughs> I know it was great to watch like oh it was so satisfying even like what do they call the guy Razor Fist like when he got up yeah uh, although I really he, wish he intrigued me because for anyone that hasn't seen it so like from his elbow down has been amputated or something Hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I know in the comics he has two. It's not just one. Ah. But it, it's like, so... But instead of, like, his lower arm, it's just, like, a weird metal plate. And then from the metal plate comes a big, like, red-hot sword that chops through everything. Yeah. But I ask you, Ono Boyle, man of man of science, where does that sword go when it's not out? It's definitely into the, into the rest of his arm. Is it? That's just uncomfortable. You'd never retract it. Yeah, you better hope that the heating setting never gets stuck on as well. Like, if yeah, any like technical the, fault for that must be there's, painful. There's one thing leaving on the immersion, but there's another leaving your razor fist on. <laughs> I can t- I'm telling you, like, you know, like, how any piece of, like, highly scientific equipment, like, needs... Like just like it needs mechanical checks like every like week essentially yeah. if it's like how as high tech it gets and it's just like imagine this guy like he has just like a weekly appointment with this guy in a shed <laughs> it's just like so how's it looking and it's just like ah it's off by a few degrees <laughs> but like it's funny because it's obviously not that important because at one point he's able to swap it out for something else <laughs> yeah. so clearly it's like also like when he does that it's just like does that also go up into his own? <laughs> oh god yeah Anyway, yeah, because it must go... Anyway, not getting too honed yeah. in on Razor Fist here. Oh, but, Razor um, Fist was a good character. I, even though character, I really wanted hatred. him to interact with Rocket Raccoon because of the whole, you know, like, Taser Face incident from oh, Guardians 2. Oh, that's very good, yeah. Oh, they'll never do that, but yeah. it'd be so good if they it do. It would be very funny. Um, and actually, just kind of, you know, maybe um, we can come back to the action in a sec because I just want to talk about Aquafina because before this, it, it's just them... Aquafina, uh, whose character Katie, I should refer to her as, and Shang Chi are both valets, and they're they're kind of going nowhere with their lives. And Katie's mom and Granny are always on their case, and it's it, so like, what's what's the deal with the future and stuff? And I guess with Aquafina's character, I was just very worried we were going to get someone like Darcy from the for Thor: The Dark World, where it's just joke and joke and joke and joke and joke. But her humor is she's just. She's not there to tell jokes. She's actually just there to be funny, but also it has quite a lot of heart in the movie as well, which I thought was very refreshing for the MCU formula because it's like, no, you need to have a sidekick who is not powered that just makes the jokes. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, she she was great in this movie. Like, she was just there to, like, be be herself. And, like, her, I think herself in these movies was just, like, I'm going to make jokes when I'm feeling awkward or like I'm going to point out how ridiculous something is in an equally ridiculous manner and things like that. But like it works for the character because she, she does care and I think she does a great job portraying how much she does care about Shang-Chi. Yeah. Do you reckon they're a couple? Do you reckon uh, and Shang-Chi are a couple? Or are I, good friends? I think by the end of it I was getting the hints that they were a couple because I wouldn't have thought that other than the dinner table chat at the start of the movie where yeah. it was just like when will you two get married and just like we're just friends but yeah. then like at the end of the movie like she's like resting on his arm which I suppose friends can do but I feel like there was in- an indication that there would be yeah. a couple. Yeah I just thought it was interesting. Uh, what do you think of the karaoke gag? Not to get, not to kind of hop around too <laughs> that, much. It's definitely up there for like one of my best running gags in a MCU movie because I just didn't expect it at the end. I wasn't expecting it to be I a running gag. But then it just came I, along. I expect it. So I, I was like, I saw it the first time when she said it. So basically, Katie comes out and says, "Oh, whenever some when someone was bullying her in school, and she just ran in front of them and started singing." Oh, someone was bullying Shang-Chi and she ran in front and started singing Hotel California and she goes, oh, dumb people get distracted easily or something. So I was like, she's going to do that. I I was like, she'll do that in the big fight or something. And then there was that scene in the fight club and I was like, oh, bet you she'll do it. And she did it. I've never felt smarter in my entire life. Oh, no, boy. I've never (laughs) felt like I am. Chemistry degree. Yeah, (laughs) this, this is the moment my parents should be proud of. But then I was thinking in my head it's a comedy rule of three. There has to be something. And then when I saw the final act, I was like, there's no way she's doing it. You can't do it in this battle yeah. scene whatsoever. Uh, so for them to bring it back at the end, which we'll, we'll talk about the, the post credit scenes at the end, but I was just very happy with it. And I thought that was a great, 
the reason why I bring it up as well is because it just showed how close friends they are because they go karaoke in together yeah. and they sing and they they just get drunk together when they know they shouldn't and it's I just think, like ah oh, they just I think it was a seem like great friends. fantastic way to end the movie as well because yeah. like it, it sort of ends on this really like mysterious note so just like dun 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 what's up next yeah. for the Marvel Universe but then it immediately goes we think oh I hope they don't, I hope they don't get too serious now because it, it did seem to be going that way at the end of the movie and yeah. then it immediately goes into that karaoke bit I'm just like perfect way to end it like I think that it had the light hearted ending that the movie needed uh, bringing in uh, oh, the other guys from Doctor Strange <laughs> really Wong. well Wong bringing yeah. in Wong really well but he was the only one where I would have been like you would be very confused about him in this movie if you hadn't seen the others but yeah. you'd be grand um, speaking of other characters let's keep going uh, Zhai Ling Shang-Chi's sister what did you think of her character? yeah a bit of a badass definitely just like a she does well like she she plays the, the sort of harsher person in general like no jokes sort of just very serious all the time equally badass and yeah it works I suppose you need that sort of balance you can't have everyone being a comic relief character as Marvel loves yeah. doing yeah and like I was it was I guess for anyone that might not have seen so her character so she, like I said Shang-Chi kind of escapes his dad I guess and leaves his sister behind and her sister wasn't allowed to do any of the training that Shang-Chi did as a kid and I guess she grows to resent that but also her father and also Shang-Chi for leaving her so she sets up this kind of underground but also above ground because it's in a tall tower uh, fighting clever. arena <laughs> fighting arena um, and she just she's a oh she's great I love her and uh, I thought she yeah like you said badass character takes no shit and it's great because technically Shang-Chi was more trained than she was but yet she seems more equipped for this world than he does because he obviously yeah. left for a couple of years yeah and she, she's cutthroat like she is brutal yeah. She like just leaves him to die, mm. <laughs> like on multiple occasions. Like her dad, so her dad runs the Ten Rings, which is a crime organization. And, Small detail. Oh, we have to, we have to talk about the Ten Rings. As well, I can't wait. And uh, <laughs> but best it's, character. But it's like uh, the best, the Ten Rings. Each yeah. of them, um, sleepy, grumpy, uh, <laughs> all of them. I can't. I love them. Doc. Yeah, Doc was great. I, I love that bit when he brought Sleepy back to life. Like, oh, I'm telling you. Yeah. Don't even get me started on Bashful. And don't please stop this guy because I don't know any more of the names. I don't know. I feel like we need like three more adult rings because we wouldn't have that. So like I imagine another wing, rings like horny and one ring is uh oh wow fighty fisty fi- fisty. <laughs> no, they, him and horny get along really well. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so the 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 ten rings come looking for Shang Chi and his sister because they both have this pendant that his dad needs and she just like is able to fight them all off and like when she's escaping she just leaves Shang-Chi she's like bye fuck off I'm just you can handle yeah. yourself uh, but she does show she cares for him which I think is kind of important to her character to have a bit of heart um, especially towards the end yeah she's but, badass uh, I love that I love that knife dagger on a sword on a rope oh, thing yeah it's that was such great. a cool weapon yeah it's a very it's, cool weapon it was great to see but it's like what I enjoyed about it was it's we haven't seen it like I said I haven't seen it in the MCU yet no other Act, like I've seen batons I've seen shields I've seen hammers I've seen a load of fucking I've seen bows and arrows like we've seen no one use like martial arts yeah much with this. yeah oh it's a really cool weapon like even like uh, I thought like Shang-Chi would be like very like fisticuffs the whole time but like even in the last act then like he does get like the spear and everything like that <laughs> he's badass with the spear yeah. too and it's great to see oh actually then just like you're speaking of like the sorry I'm gonna go back to the fight scenes because obviously oh, I yes, have a one track mind but uh and then in the second act obviously the fight scene is in that sort of above ground club that the sister runs and there's a really good like one on one fight between what's the name death something death uh oh death dealer death dealer that's it I was thinking death eater but that's definitely Harry Potter it's a crossover yeah <laughs> what's this Horcrux not a Horcrux uh, fuck Shang- Shang-Chi's oh <laughs> Uh, like Patronus yeah Patronus that's what I meant to say uh, the, it's uh, a nice B, a nice BMW because <laughs> there's a load of BMWs in this there fucking great movie. sponsors in this movie yeah. there's a load of them isn't there yeah there was a lot but um, yeah like I, I so the Death Dealer yeah um, he didn't do much like he was in a one he was one, in one really good choreographed fight or the strong oh you mean what they stole from James Bond the sky the skyfall scene I would have said they skyfall uh, was it skyfall I thought it was, I, skyfall I was remembering the fight the, the fight scene from uh I'm not talking about like the when the fighting on the rafters or on oh. the construction things even though isn't that originally from uh Rush Hour 
Yeah, Rush Hour, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah no, there's a fight where they're on like scaffolding made out of bamboo, which is very similar to Rush Hour. Yeah, yeah. But there's a bit inside, they're fighting inside the building, and like, you see the silhouettes behind the billboards, the, like, the light billboards in the back. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. That which is be very nice. similar to Skyfall. Yeah. That's just, I just want to get my James Bond fact in <laughs> uh, there. Then there was that knife play that I thought was very similar to uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> so what did this movie actually do? Copy other good martial arts <laughs> movies. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, that, that character was really interesting because it like pretty much was Shang-Chi's trainer from a young age and his tormentor yeah. uh, or Dementor, Dementor. if you want to keep the Harry, <laughs> the Harry Potter trend going um, so to see them go one on one and there's just this build up of like well and Shang-Chi was ready to kill him yeah. and you're like holy shit like what the fuck did this guy do um, but and then oh, we don't actually, we ever, you just we remind me of a twist yeah. you saw you just remind me of a twist that I actually really loved oh go for it uh, do you know the twist just at the end of the movie when uh, he was just like because basically, I think we haven't said it well, the way Shang-Chi, he ran away because he was sent on an assassination mission to kill the person who killed his mother. Yeah. And when he when he's telling uh, Kate, is it about it? K- Katie? Katie. Yeah. When he's telling Katie about it, he's just like, no, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. But then at the end of the movie, like he says, oh, I did kill him. And I was just like, holy fuck. I wasn't expecting yeah. that twist. That's a great twist. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd, like, but it's just so... There's such there's, there's such depth to this character, and I think yeah. one of the things this movie did very well was flash do a lot of flashbacks well yeah. to kind of like kind of nearly bring us from Katie's point of view to kind of understand more as the movie goes on the depth to Shang Chi and his like tormented past, uh, which also being you know the Death Dealer in there as well who just just gets killed very unceremoniously at the end. How dare you? Sort of pay he, off. He explains what the. The monsters do at the end of this movie. That's Did he? It. Well, he explains how they kill him by dying to them. Oh yes, yeah, he, is yeah. a, he is a death exposition. In the yeah, sense pretty that. much. Yeah, death, yeah. death position. Death position. Uh, death well, position. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of annoyed me I would have liked I, I did like that it was a twist because Iron Fist was like not Iron Fist sorry who I actually do want to talk about Razor Fist was kind of like oh we're not working with you why would we work with you fuck you and then all of a sudden you're expecting one of those fly soul sucking things which will get to pick him up and take his soul but he actually takes Death Eater Death Dealer's soul from behind him yeah. and it's like that that's a twist but in the sense I was just like oh I wondered that character seemed kind of cool and I wouldn't mind actually seeing like Shang-Chi kind of face he was, him. I think he was the Boba Fett of this movie. He is the Boba Fett of this movie. Yeah. Just That's like going, I just talking about it, just like he looked cool and he had some cool moments and then he died very unceremoniously. So. That is true, yeah. Can't wait to buy action figures of him in 10 to 12 years and there's a cult following. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool character though. Yeah. I didn't like it. See, I, I, uh, I, I won't get too far ahead actually who I thought it was. But um, speaking of... Ray, uh, Iron Fist, uh, who I said uh, by mistake. Had, did you ever watch the Iron Fist series? Uh, no, I, I've heard a good bit about it. I heard like the first season was terrible. Yes. Mostly because the guy, the actor refused to learn martial arts. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he was just bad. And he's and he's hyped up as the best martial artist in the entire like MCU universe, uh, the MCU and stuff. And he's not very good in the show. But second season, second season I think there's a third season, I can't remember. It's quite good actually. But um. It's funny because there's, there's mentions of Talo and there's mentions of um, the big great protector in that as well. And I was trying to see if there was going to be any similarities and of course there wasn't uh, because that the Netflix series don't exist according yeah. to Kevin Feige. Does, does Iron Fist actually touch on Talo? Is like his backstory linked to Talo as well? I think that's where he learns or uh, that's where he gets his powers, I think. Okay. Or maybe I've confused it. Maybe it's another mystical place that only appears at a certain time. Okay. And I assume it's the two, the two yeah, of them are the same. That would same. make sense, yeah. And but, uh, speaking yeah. of mystical places that only appear at the same time, so eventually that's we find out where the Mandarin or Wen Wu is trying to Wen Wu being Shang Chi's dad yeah. is trying to get to this Talo place because he believes his wife is there. His wife had been killed by thugs or like thugs. Let's talk about Wen Wu because yeah. Wen Wu is a very interesting character. Also. He's a very big character in the movie, definitely. Like he 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 is a uh, essentially like who like an ancient like a very very like I think like ancient Chinese ancient Chinese lord who finds the ten rings ten rings being like these ancient artifacts that are like older than what can be perceived or measured even that give yeah. him like immortality and like immense power and so he then runs the ten rings with an organization that like sort of is like a rules the world from the shadows. Until he meets uh, a lovely lady behind screen number one. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't have her name. I'm very bad at this. Oh, is it Yin Ying Li? Yeah, Ying Li. That's her name. Let's go with it. So yeah. she's the protector or the guardian of Talo, and 
he's trying to use these Ted rings to conquer everything and it shows him, t- which I thought was kind of cool. They they show him throughout time conquering and influencing different sort of yeah, global events. Yeah. And uh, and then he meets her and they have like a dance fight and all I could goddamn thinking about was Bahubali. <laughs> yeah. It's the same principle. I did think like, of it. it like, he, he did like take the badass warrior woman and domesticator. <laughs> yep. But it also domesticates... Uh, when we as well. Yeah, that's he true. Also yeah. Puts, it was it, away the ten rings. it was not near as sexist. <laughs> no, God, no, much much better. Yeah. But it was a cool fight. That was a oh, real yeah. fight. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, really, very, it was like, like that. It was very crouching tiger, hidden dragons. I think that's probably the the fight of the probably the most like it's a fight that was rem- most reminiscent of it. Yeah. yeah. And what did you think of the actual ten rings? Because we haven't even mentioned them, even though they're named the part of the fucking movie. The ten rings. What did you? I know we mentioned them in a jokey way, but what yeah. did you think of the actual the? Uh, the the look, the power. The yeah, they, they were cool. I think really underwhelming and like didn't really do much for a lot of the movie, which is probably fine until oh, the last yeah. act wherein Shang-Chi gets his hands on him and then they become way cooler. So- Sonic the Hedgehog powers as I call them. 100%, but, yeah. Like, uh, I th- they were, because when you compare what they were in the comics, they were like literally 10 rings that you wore on your fingers and they had different powers, powers yeah. like freeze ray and flame throw or whatever the fuck. But they reimagined them th- for this in what I consider i don't know i just think it's one of the best reimaginings of a of a of a superpower or an object it, it, to, from comic to movie like yeah oh yeah like it, it was unreal like it was just so cool like seeing like again like i, I feel like uh when we like he just used them as like blasts and like jump i i jump far essentially like that but yeah. then it's only like in the final fight scene when shang chi gets a hold of him that like they get he, he gets really creative with how he uses them and i think yeah. i like completely changed my mind on him like they were unreal in that time and like just in the final arc um yeah and i guess just other things i kind of wanted to mention about tony lung who played uh wen wu is that his character is supposed to be called fu manchu and if you ever look at Fu Manchu on Google Images, um, it's very problematic. And it led Marvel to be like, let's just make a new character and call him something else. And they just so they gave Tony Lung kind of free reign to come up and think of their think of his own interpretation in a way. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why he's so sympathetic, because also he's never played a bad guy in movies before. This is his first bad guy. But like you say, he's very sympathetic. It's the equivalent of imagine like, I don't know, someone, I'm trying to think of someone like a... I think someone like Brad Pitt, I don't know, someone like that who he's very big in yeah. China um, and doesn't play bad guys. Tom so Hanks. Very quite yeah, perfect. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it, his character was just so interesting because you, you, like you said earlier, you understand where he's coming from. And I think a lot of it is down to Tony, Tony Lung for like imagining the, the character this way by just Marvel also saying, just ignore everything from the comics. doesn't matter if you've read them, just come up with your own yeah. kind of interpretation. Yeah, he did a great job. Like, he even, they even make fun of that a bit during, in the movie when they're just like, uh, oh, yeah, they used to call me a mandarin, which is just like a fucking food dish and things like that. <laughs> yeah, he goes, America was afraid of an orange. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, it's fun, like, references that they made. Even though, like, <laughs> speaking of, sorry, just speaking of the mandarin, did not expect to see that character come back. Oh, my God, it was the best. So, I didn't know he was in this. Neither and did I. I had no me, idea. No one will attest that I jumped out of my seat nearly when I saw he was in this. Yeah. Because... We disagree, but I think Iron Man 3 is a great movie. And one of my favourite parts of Iron Man 3 is none other than Ben Kingley's Trevor Slattery, who is pretending to be the Mandarin. Uh, We won't get into the plot of Iron Man 3, but let's just say it did not go down well with a lot of people. So it's kind of somewhat retconned in this movie. But apparently... Uh, uh, ben Kingsley was doing interviews for this he was at the premiere like it was very publicised that he was in this and I completely missed it I had no idea he was in this movie whatsoever so when he came when he came up when he showed up and both was you know in it for such a long time I loved every second yeah he was was good half of the movie yeah and he became that comic relief character that I thought Aquafina would be and it's like him and Aquafina literally switch points where she actually becomes a character with such a strong purpose and he just he's just there for the laughs. Yeah. Oh, he was so funny. I just loved the fucking bit when they're waiting for the forest to open up and he's just talking about Planet of the Apes. Oh my god. Best best joke of the movie. And it was the it, it was like in tears laughing, I think, just like because he just delivered it fucking perfectly. And it's such an the absurd monkeys. joke. She's like, Oh the monkeys, just, yeah. I, I couldn't believe they got the monkeys to act. I can't believe they got the monkeys to do all the all the horse riding on the monkeys. So my I do one Liverpool accent and it's a very piss poor John Lennon. Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of um Planet of the Apes um and how that was Trevor Slattery's inspiration to become an actor and yeah. le- and then become a terrorist of sorts. He um yeah 
there's a Planet of the Apes vague connection in this movie because Eli Roth comes back to play the Abomination and we see a fight scene between the Abomination and Benedict Wong in this underground above ground fighting arena and like you said the the characters change because the reason he has fins is because he had fins in the comics so they were trying to make him more comics accurate Um, but uh, Eli Roth actually did the motion capture for this or he did the voicing and stuff like that so he is actually credited in the movie but Eli Roth was also in the 2001 version of Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg that's a funny funny connection (laughs) I feel like you feel like they wrote that bit into because they were just all like actors around the table talking and Planet of the Apes came up Ben Kingsley was like I was a big fan of that movie I but, uh, it's, oh, it's such a such a well delivered joke. Yeah, I think like uh, as well. I think the movie takes a turn when he's been introduced as well because like what yeah. is the, the the mythical creature comes out. Maurice. Maurice. Maurice comes out this and I dog think with no face. Yeah, and I had the like furry pig. Is that what it's described as? Yeah. But like I had the same reaction as I think like the actors in the movie. I was just like, what the fuck? I didn't think this was this kind of movie. <laughs> and like again, I'm just gonna keep shouting out about it. It's unlike anything we've seen in the MCU. Yeah. And I think that's personified a lot when we get into Tallow and it's full Pokemon adventures as these weird fucking animals show from everywhere. Yeah, 100%. Like the, again, I think that like the third act of the movie, I was just like, this does not feel like a Marvel movie whatsoever. Like, it was completely different. Like, I did really enjoy it because the spectacle was fantastic. Like, uh, oh, and I, I can't... I, I don't know what time we're at, but I'm, I want to leave some time for that third act. Yeah. Um, if there's anything else I want to I wanna quickly uh, talk about. The score... Again, good. Yeah. Just the mu- the music, the soundtrack to this is incredible. Like it's on par with like Black Panther with some of the tunes in this. I thought it was like I'm just like, what is it doing in a Marvel movie? I don't think Marvel made this. I think it's a scam. I think it's all a conspiracy. Yeah. Marvel didn't make this movie. I would believe it. Oh, but before actually, yeah, two quick things on Trevor Slattery and that. Uh, one which was uh when he when we first see him, he comes in and he starts saying "Nuncle, Nuncle," which is a line from King Lear, and in Iron Man three. Aldrich, Aldrich Killian had said something where like oh his his leer was the toast of Croydon so clearly like it's the one good thing he's at because yeah <laughs> the, the point of that character is that there's that do you ever watch that one shot All Hail the King no no I don't think I have oh do you know what it is uh is it like some Ten Rings thing Oh yeah, so it's basically it's like a documentary. It's like The Office, but it's all about Trevor Slattery in prison now. It's like oh, on one of the DVDs. That looks extras. really familiar. It's is, really good. Is he broken it's out on, of prison at the end of it as well? Yes. So yeah. it's all like documentary style, and uh, uh, Sam Rockwell shows up as um, Justin Hammer and everything like that. It's a really really good. It's on Disney Plus. Would highly recommend. But at the end of that, he's captured by the real Ten Rings, and they say, "Oh, the real Mandarin wants to see you." And we never knew what was going to happen. But it was this. So he gets captured by the Ten Rings, and then apparently he was just such a jokester, such a jester. They kept him around, yeah. and I'm very glad they did. Uh, and then he obviously befriends this little weird monster called Maurice, who um, was part of that magical place where Shang Chi's mother uh, is from. And him and Maurice have this little connection. But another connection is that the actor that does the voice for Maurice, so the weird like squeaks, yeah. is an actor uh, actor called D. Bradley Baker. And it's the second 2021 comic book movie that this person has been in. Uh, previously voicing Sebastian the Rat in The Suicide Squad. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So just speak... Yeah, that's really funny. I really like as well. The rat was like one, easily one of the best characters in uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, but that's why I just thought it's interesting. Yeah. This person's great. We don't know their name. Actually, and, I, uh, you just, just reminded me of actually of another connection as well. Uh, oh, go for it. Because I know we well not really connection, but we know how that fight was very like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But ov- yeah. obviously, then uh, turns out the sister of the of what's his the sister in that the sister of the woman in that fight. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, y- y- Ying Li. Yeah, Li- Ying Li's Li's sister. She was uh, in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like Michelle uh, Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if anyone has listened to the Murder on the Orient Express uh, podcast, you'll know I've introduced a new segment, and I would like to reintroduce. I'd like to bring that segment right back now, and it's called Gary Fact. So Michelle Yeoh, she's not only. In Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's also in another movie from 1990. Oh no, I'm going to get it wrong. 1997, I'm going to say. Starring one Pierce Brendan Brosnan from Navin. Uh, called Tomorrow Never Dies. There we go. But she is not the only Bond girl in this movie. For there is another. And between the two between the two of them, they've starred in three James Bond movies. So the other actress, and I'm going to get the name wrong. I'm very sorry. Is Sai Chai Chin. Um... And she plays Wai Po, who is the aunt 
or the grandmother of Aquafina's character, Katie. Oh, okay. So she played, and I, I'm looking at it only, give zero shits, but I don't care. Because yeah, no, I find it. it interesting. I'm just so going through the Train on... Fact song in my head. Like, <laughs> I hear Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> so she played She played a, She played. played one of the girls in You Only Live Twice from 1967 uh, with Sean Connery. But she was also in Casino Royale 2006 with Daniel Craig. She was one of the poker players. Ah. So she was an actress who's actually been in... Two James Bond movies, practically six, uh, 40 years apart, which I think is cool. So there's that two James cool. like, There's a good Gary fact yeah. for you there. So that's all I did. We're this because... close from James Bond, be it like Pierce Brosnan, be it in an MCU movie. Oh, he's going to be in it. Oh, he's, oh, he's, been in, the D- he's in the He's in DC, yeah. Ah, like, he needs to stretch his wings into Marvel. Exactly. Um, oh, so just another fact attack while I'm here. Uh, that in the fight club scenes, you can see on one of the lower decks that there's a fight happening between one of the Black Widows, who we see in Black Widow, and one of the extremist people from Iron Man 3. Oh, I see. I recognise the one from Iron Man 3, but I haven't yeah. seen Black Widow, so... I, I, I didn't recognise them. That's what IMDb told me. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, right, let's get into this Let's get into this third act, because it's just... Third act. The, beautiful. The, the divisive one. Oh, it's like, yeah. again, like, I wasn't the big... I think I preferred the other two acts. I, I didn't mean... I didn't dislike this act. I just thought it was... It's a, very different. It's It's very different. And I thought... I just didn't like how they brought in a monster MacGuffin to be the villain who we've never <laughs> yeah. heard of before. Has yeah. the worst name. I think he's literally called, like, the Soul Eater or something like that. <laughs> like, it's just really stupid. And mm. I didn't take it seriously at all when he was introduced because this was just like... Villain out of nowhere, it was a big CGI monster that I didn't give a shit about, and I just I hated that. I hated how this excellent Kung Fu movie ended with, like, big CGI monster. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I would agree, but like I kind of said earlier, like, it's transitioning from more close combat martial arts to more kind of... Um, like on the bus and then you've got like the fight the arena the fight arena and then you've got uh, it's kind of growing and growing and it just builds this big spectacle and I kind of appreciate it from that sense because like if you looked at some of the like oh there was some movie that came out um, in China recently uh, but it was like a big gra- it's like Bahubali-esque yeah. I, can't, I can't remember the name of it and I feel like this is trying to maybe honour that a bit as well because it's got like what is considered like the Chinese uh, interpretation of a dragon uh, yeah. rather than something like more Game of Thrones-esque so I kind of I kind of liked that, and I liked the big scale, and it reminded me very much of what the Great Wall could have been when starring Matt Damon. So God, that movie! Why did you bring it off? <laughs> so I I appreciate it in that sense, and I, I kind of I was exactly the same. I thought the movie should have ended with a fight between Shang Chi and and Wen Wu, yeah. but it's like I I I I, I and I was like, oh wait, and then she's like, let me show you this wooden carving of this new character we'll introduce. And yeah. I, I didn't appreciate it, but I feel like there's a reason why they bring that up because it ties into another movie they're going to be coming out with, I think. It's, yeah, is it going to be um, a multiverse thing? Because I, feel, I feel like, no, I feel like it's Eternals. Eternals, the, yeah. Because I remember I, I, I Googled it after, just like, what the fuck is this thing? And he's like one of the interdimensional beings. That, oh, like, he's right. like one of the big interdimensional like monsters, essentially, that like feeds on souls. And oh, I just thought he came out of nowhere. It was my, my base. I know yeah. he was like hinted at throughout the movie. I suppose for listeners... Uh, the the big reason that Wenwu thinks his wife is trapped behind this gate in this village is because he hears a voice in his head, and it turns out that this uh, soul eater thing is the voice in his head, and it's the dweller of... in darkness is what yeah. I'm reading it as. Dweller in darkness is uh trying the voice in the head trying to get them like manipulate people into breaking it out of its jail because yeah. it invaded like thousands and thousands of years ago, and this like this like other sort of pl- existence or like this other dimension i suppose i, I think it's live. like on, i think it's like asgard yeah essentially yeah plane or whatever but uh they were they, they used to have like a super advanced civilization and really good but then these soul leaders like in like in invaded and like nearly wiped them out but then from the help of the dragon spoilers there's a dragon and uh a fucking people, class dragon very cool dragon it did and, way more than i thought it would do <laughs> yeah because uh, yeah, because there's this whole dragon under the body of water, and it comes out. It's called the Great Protector. It's it's supposed to be Fing Fang Foom, I think, the big dragon from from the Marvel comics. But uh, I thought he was just gonna come out and like help for a bit and then fuck off. Yeah. But he's very much a character, in it. and it's just it's a spectacle, and I, that's why I forgave it because it just yeah. looks beautiful. That's why, it's... like, that's why I said there was so many times in this like third arc that I was just like, holy fuck, this looks so good. Like that's why I think I don't mind the arc that much or the yeah, I came and say an arc. Uh, I could they act so much. It was so cool to just watch and see it on the big screen. 
like some of the set pieces were were absolutely fantastic. And I, and I think that's what it kind of benefited from being delayed so much because they probably had more time to do the special effects. Yeah. Because the special effects are f- phenomenal. Um, like it's very challenging to do a big dragon versus a big death. Uh, dark dweller I don't know yeah. big big gloobity glop big, big gloobity glop and then the dragon fighting each other and the swirling of the water and then yeah. the gloobity glop is sending out little bats to like take people's souls and then feed the soul eater maybe that's it yeah, and, yeah. Um, but the, the and gloobity, it gets more powerful yeah, the gloobity glop yeah. and the, the gloobity glop is, is obviously released by Wenwu because Wenwu does show up to the village and like there is this cool like standoff between like the village who have like their dragon scale weapons and like the the other guys with their like tasers and stuff like that. Yeah. There's like there's been this old guy who's been like uh, helping Aquafina out. Well, not really helping Aquafina out, being like the old harsh mentor to Aquafina and like her archery yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, so that that's sort of been going on. And like he's just like oh it's like go away young man and things like that. And then like uh, when we was just like excuse you like like I am ancient. <laughs> yeah. He, like he I... says he says a really like I know it's like a lame enough line. It's like a very forgettable line in the English version. But like what I read later is like in the Mandarin version in like direct Chinese they 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 changed what he said because it doesn't translate well to Western. Oh. But, but like the original line in the like Mandarin is like essentially like I've ate I've ate more uh, I've ate more grains of rice than you've had salt. Oh, that's really good. I like that. <laughs> which, which I think is a fucking badass. It's like. more poetic for <laughs> yeah, sure. Way better. Uh, um, so speaking of speaking of uh, the armor uh, that you mentioned there, I like that the MCU now have now have a new material, uh, dragon scales. They, they've everything's made out of vibranium or Stark tech. Uh, sorry, uh, t- Stark tech, and now yeah. they've got dragon scales. Yeah, I love it. It's like uh, it's like Monster Hunter, where you just sort of like or like kill a new enemy and like make armor for me. So like yeah. But, so uh, I like that, and like yeah. that was cool uh, to just introduce that new element into the Marvel uh, universe, and like it gives Shang Chi and Zhaolin, uh, yeah. their new outfits as well. Yeah, which look look kind of shit in my opinion, but like, look, fine enough. Like, yeah, it's but uh, yeah, and then in this final act as well, we also had like the the one v one, like uh, when we versus. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's so good. Like, like it started off like just when we were getting his ass, not when we were getting his ass kicked. Sorry, uh, Shang Chi getting his ass kicked, and it quickly, like, especially when like he sort of gets over to the other side of the lake when when we was breaking him out, and yeah. Shang Chi gets realizes that he can use the rings as well. Yeah, cause it his is. Mom like subconsciously taught him weird wavy hand movements because exactly. she was a wavy hand mover, and so was her sister. And then his dad's very punchy punchy, so. Shang Chi is the ultimate punchy punch wavy hand person, yeah. so he. Can I think that's the, the exact there. title. Yeah, I, I I tell you, I I wrote this script. Remember when I mentioned that Hotel California thing earlier? I wrote the script. <laughs> wavy hands, punchy punch, yeah. coming uh, to the cinema near you. Oh, <laughs> uh, but like that fight scene was incredible. Yeah. Like it was so so good. I think that that's when they really started using the rings a lot more creatively, as in like footholds and like hand yes. like hand and things like that and it was done so well and and like what was great about it was it wasn't something like so i'm comparing origin stories here so like what are our mcu origin stories we've got iron man which i'm going to exclude because that's just very good thor incredible hulk captain america uh what else ant-man doctor strange that's trope black panther and captain marvel and all of of it. like most of them hey it's a villain who has the same powers of you, as you do yeah. but it's um there's just so much more heart in this in this one and it yeah. just it, it, there's so much weight to the fight when you compare it it's like what was Jude Law harping on about again in Captain Marvel I don't remember what was Christopher Eccleston being like in uh, in Thor the Dark World what was his deal like you don't like it was so you didn't care how the fight ended up and it was just like this you just felt every punch you just could feel like the struggle, I just, I was so, so good. Yeah, no, definitely, like, uh, Shang-Chi did a great job, like, as well, just, like, acting, like, what his character was going through, just, like, is he his dad's son being trained, or, like, being this trained killer, and turns out he was the killer, and that, or, like, should he be more like, and him wanting to be more like his mom, who is more compassionate, and, uh, so it was his internal struggle, then, to find, like, the balance between the two, which, it is a Marvel movie, spoilers, he finds the balance, and it's like, and it's funny because like the Mandarin or when we was always like, oh, I'm not giving these rings away until you fucking earn them. And then yeah. it's great to see he's like, oh, 
You've earned them. Yeah. I'm going to go die now. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get my, my I'm gonna get my soul sucked. Uh, like I love as well. Like he gets grabbed and he's just like, well, that's it then. <laughs> like, there's no. I like, don't got those rings. Yeah. I'm known for one thing, and it's having those rings. Yeah. And so he just like lets his soul get sucked and. <laughs> I'm telling you, if I if I liked my soul, I would have put a ring on it, let alone ten, and then kept alive. <laughs> you know what they say: if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it. Like that's it. Which I feel all like all the it... Talon Wars, all the Talon Wars, <laughs> all the Talon Wars. To put the spears up. <laughs> There's a song there somewhere. Shoot the arrow! Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of arrows, uh, yeah. Aquafina kills like the dragon at the end, or it does, kills the. Doesn't kill it, but like you know, like ah, severely like, injures it, like. What the fuck did Darcy ever do? <laughs> I'm going to keep trying to Darcy. Totally jokes. I'm just, I think maybe it's from WandaVision. But no, she was great. Yeah, it was great to see, like, this was a character, like, throughout the movie that has been, like, struggling with a purpose in life and shown and to she be... she gets one. It's yeah, she gets great. one. And, uh, yeah, because I, I remember there was just uh, the, the sweet old woman from the village who was just like, hey, look, if you never try for anything, you never get anything. So. Yeah, it's like, if, if you don't shoot for anything, you don't hit anything. Yeah, yeah. If you so. don't aim for anything, you hit anything. So it was so. good to bring the archery into it that way, which I thought was nice. Yeah. Um, and I thought that just, and then the fact that she's kind of hinted at that she's sticking around with Shang Chi. Of course, watch out, like, Hawkeye. Watch out. We're gonna have three people in this fucking universe who are good with boats. If, 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 tr- if you, you never watch the Arrow universe, fifty percent of the world's population can use a bow in that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so speaking of the future, then as well, because like this, this, this like we mentioned, it, it, it hints at a lot. Uh, going forward yeah. uh, one being that the rings are kind of summoning something it's one of the post credit scenes we see like yeah. Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel looking at the rings trying to decipher that it's you know it's not vibranium it's not Chitauri tech it's not alien it's it's something a- more old more ancient and it's calling something there's a beacon yeah yeah, yeah that's, it was a cool like again like it was sort of like it's good because the end of the movie sort of with a good mirror of at the start of the movie where they're out on a double date or like a double date with some oh, friends who are like all such a good responsible joke. and grown up and it's just like what are you, what are you, how are you still like uh, like chauffeurs essentially and it's just like and then at the end of the movie it's just like well I saved the world fuck you and then I shot the dragon with a spear and then Shang-Chi yeah. used the ten rings that he got off his dad and was able to do the wavy hand thing and then, oh actually you know, yeah like speaking of that, the wavy hand thing like literally speaking of the wavy hand thing when he's doing the whole just as another shout out to Kung Fu Hustle when he's doing the whole like descending from the clouds thing and doing on his hand oh, movements, so that is the end scene. Like that's the end fight from Kung Fu Hustle because like there's like yeah. a the hand of, the the hand of palm or something like that or the palm of bow is like the final move used in that and it's yeah. literally the guy descending from the sky like doing it and it's just like God, this movie has so many great shoutouts. <laughs> And it's it's such and just like that just I forgot that scene. It's just so beautiful, and there's so many bits where I feel like you could just screenshot, yeah, and it'd be a background, like especially in that yeah. Talo section uh, of the movie. It's just majestic. Would uh, like you compare that to like Black Panther, where it's two guys in black suits <laughs> fighting in a dark tunnel, and you're just like, this looks shit. <laughs> it would look shit if I could see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them's winning. I think yeah. it's the purple one. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I hated that fight scene. I hate. The, I hate when Marvel do that. It's just. I know it's just yeah. to save money, but it just. Why spend yeah. all this money on a movie to have a climatic ending fight scene that you can't fucking see? It makes no yeah. sense. Uh, but speaking of sorry, speaking of that end credit scene actually as well, and the people that are you know working on it, uh, and I try to decipher what the ten rings are, or where they're from. Uh, one of them is Bruce Banner, who is no longer Professor Hulk. Yeah, that, that was a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in the sling, obviously, because he did the snap, and because uh, I, I, rumor has it he's coming up, he's showing up in the She Hulk show, mm. um, and I heard something that he might be in Moon Knight as well, but. It's very expensive to have Professor Hulk, so I imagine if they're putting him on Disney Plus, it's cheaper to have him as Mark yeah. Ruffalo than than the CGI uh, Hulk hybrid. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then obviously there's that great scene with the karaoke um, scene with Wong, who yeah. I feel like is a barrel of laughs. I like he, Wong. He's, he seems to just be great, correct? Because even at the end, it's like like not at the end, but like during the movie, it's like his whole fight with uh, the fa- what's his face again? Uh, Abomination. Abomination was just like. It's it was like it was fixed. Staged. Yeah, yeah it was a, a fixed fight, and then they, they go through a portal at the end, and it seems someone was saying that it could be the raft they're going back to. Yes, it looked like that. I was trying yeah. to get. A, I was trying to get. A, I see he might be on Thunderbolts or something like that. Yeah. Or like I think Avengers. that could be a small like thing to the Thunderbolts because they've been slowly sort of setting that up, so that would make yeah. sense. They, they, that's actually the only interesting thing about Black Widow: The Future is that that's hinted at, but it's kind of. Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of. Don't worry about it. Um, but I did feel like Wong was a bit out of place in this. I feel like he was just very much like, why is he here? 
I, I think like Wong just... is going to have a bigger role. I think going I, from like, yeah. Doctor Strange and everything like that. I think like he's just been making more appearances as like he's a bit of a badass, but like, he's always going think, on holiday uh, do, or doing something goofy. Do you, or do you want to know something? I just think he's a very easy actor to get. I feel like yeah, he doesn't really. do well. uh, not a bad way, but generally yeah. like he's he's an easy actor. He doesn't work a lot. Yeah, that um, he has like classic. I can go anywhere I want and it be explained by my magic portal. Yeah, and it's yeah exactly, and it's very much just like. Um, his character is not really tied into any big story arc, so it's very easy to have him just show up. Yeah. Um, and then the last end credit scene, we'll just briefly go through as well. We see that uh, Shang Chi had kind of said like, "Oh, my sister's helping take down my dad's empire," but turns out she's doing the literal opposite of that. <laughs> she's opening up to women. <laughs> yes, yeah, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool because yeah. I was getting worried that it was just going to be exclusively women, and yeah. then I was like, "Is this just another Dora Milaje?" Kind of, because I know they're looking at a Dora Milaje show for Disney Plus, and I was like, "Are we really gonna have these two, yeah. like shows with kind of female warriors?" Up? But then you could see that there was like, there's it's men and women in it, yeah. and she's kind of rebranding the Ten Rings, uh, and at the end it kind of says the Ten Rings will return, and I'm very, I'm very, I'm a bit, a bit like you where I don't, I don't, I think I don't know if we discussed before, but I don't want it to be on Disney Plus. I want it to be part of the fucking movies because it, it's a very, because she's a badass character. It's a very interesting arc, and I, yeah. I'm I'm yet to see these smaller stories be told successfully on Disney Plus. Yeah, I think my biggest fear about the next set of the MCU the MCU movies. Why can I not say that MCU movies? Okay, yeah. I, I'm I think I'm most afraid for them, like just putting too much like focus on advertising TV shows that will be coming out. Yeah, yeah. You know, true. like how I don't know if you saw like Titans can't like the TV show and like Titans just did a lot of like we're doing this TV show and like a whole episode was literally a spin-off of another TV show yeah. that they're going to be doing. I just like make your show, stop fucking putting everything else into your thing. Like just make your thing and let things come from it. If you want, like, I don't want to, I don't want to like this ad- advertisement essentially yeah. forced down my throat while watching the movie. Yeah. And that's what I felt like this last scene kind of was, but I'm, I'm hopeful that it's just that it is something maybe to tie into Shang-Chi too. Like, and I yeah. guess like, that's my biggest thing with this. I'm excited to see this character interact. Now that he's got these powers, how he interacts with those superheroes. Yeah, that's actually where, is we, he, where is he going to slot into? Yeah, that's not something we talked about. Like he went from like, I think that was actually a great like, escalation of the fights in the movie. Like he went from bus fight, which was like a small enough fight against like some people to like big scale fight. That you were like, okay, this guy's really good. Like he can take on a lot of people to like beating like a, a dimensional entity fight. And it's just like, okay, yeah. This guy's very strong when he has the ten rings. <laughs> like he, yeah. he, so he went from like, like not even like uh, Captain America sort of like level to like Thor level. Yeah, like, yeah. In a movie. Yeah, it's mad, and like that's what I, ca- I cannot wait to see where it goes from there. Yeah. Um. So I've got I've got some just quick facts to end on, and then I have a question for you. So three quick triple triple quick facts facts. Uh, one would be Tony Lung. Uh, this is his first English speaking role in movies. There was another ca- actor uh, who was meant to be playing or who was considered for the role of Wen Wu that you would probably know called Don- Donnie Yen. Yeah, that uh, would have been interesting. That would have been interesting, yeah. And then the last thing was, it's not, let's have a fact, just more what the director had to say on Shang-Chi as a character, uh, which was that he very much compared him to the to the character from Will, from Goodwill Hunting. I don't know if you've seen that, have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, of course. So it's kind of like all to do with... it. you did mix. the podcast, I nearly cried just thinking about it. It's, it's tough, all right? Robin Williams is a treasure. Yeah. Uh, but it's very much like, so he compares to the character from Goodwill Hunting because it's a mixture of like masculinity and vulnerability, noting that the two characters kind of have these secrets and superpower, superpowers that are kind of, that they don't pos- they don't understand yet. And he describes this film as like a, a journey into stepping into who Shang-Chi is and what he's meant to be in this world, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, I think that was a good on one. It. Yeah, like again, which, yeah. that was a great movie. Like absolutely fantastic movie. Okay, right on. Before we go, I have so we've done a lot of your movies have been very actually based. So what I've decided to do is it's set in the underground, upper ground, underground, upper, above ground fighting arena. It's a tournament. And in it, we have all the major characters from the podcast you've done so far. So we're talking Shang-Chi. <laughs> we're talking the guys from Big Trouble Little China. Both the flippy guy, the coke, coke nail guy, um, and then the three uh, storms. The three musketeers. I'm talking, I'm, yeah, I'm talking um, uh, Superman from Justice League. No, uh, weird upper lip Superman from the Justice League. Um, Important distinction. 
And finally, then uh, Daniel Craig in a nice, uh, in a nice, you know, southern accent drawl character as Benoit Blanc, yeah. and fine. Oh, and then Bahubli. So it's Bahubli, Daniel Craig, um, the guys from Big Trouble Little China, the Justice League folk, and then Shang Chi, who's winning this tournament. Oh, that's a fucking class question. Does <laughs> Shang Chi have the ten rings? Uh, let's say no. Let's make. Okay, it yeah, fun. I think it makes it more interesting if he doesn't. Oh, who wins this? I'm going to go with Big Trouble in Little China Trio, honestly. The trio? Really? The trio, yeah, because I feel like no. a, lot, a lot of them will, they like... died the easiest out <laughs> of anyone on this list. Like, I feel like since they all explode, they're bound to take someone else out with them in this tiny arena. Okay, but it's like a tournament, so it's like a lot of 1v1s. Oh, okay, so it's not like fucking, like, King of no, the Hills like it's not like a Battle Royale or Ah, uh, okay, okay. Oh, okay, 1v1. Oh, it has to be... I'm gonna have to say it's gonna have to be Behubli, like Behubli, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> have to be Behubli, like Behubli, Behubli, Tubli. Yeah, yeah, no, Behubli, Tubli. It's like a, they they rotate out. It's like yeah, a twin situation. Yeah, tag te- no tag teams. I'm changing it. I'm changing it now altogether. Yes. So it's Shang Chi and his sister. Yeah. Um, who else we got? Behubli and um, Behubli, Tubli. Yes. Uh, we've got a triple threat in the ele- the storms from Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. Um, you've got... Kurt Russell and younger... Oh, yeah. We'll do yeah. Kurt Russell, Flippy Dude, and the old man with magic. Yeah. Um. Then also the Justice League, but it's going to be... It's going to be... It's going to be Weird Upper Lift Henry Cavill. It's going to be... um Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Yeah. And it's going to be the, the poor interpretation of Batman in that movie as well. And then from nice... Oh, I've added three. Actually, let me change that. How about this? It's going to be uh, Superman and Lois. It's going to be Weird Upper Lip Henry Cavill oh, okay, and, and the Lois. thirstiest woman, um, Aunt May, or the Superman's aunt, never known, in yeah. Lois. Okay. And then for Knives Out, it's going to be a tag team of Daniel Craig and knitted sweater uh, Chris Sevens. Oh, I really like that one. Yeah, I, I, I still think I'm going to go with Behubli and Behubli Tubli. <laughs> I think Behubli, yeah. <laughs> yeah because like it, even like the superman i feel like they just wear him down like yeah. uh do, do that whole like you know the rope dance <laughs> oh <laughs> yes although I, I love if the first lineup is uh it's henry cavill and or superman and lois versus benoit blanc and <laughs> ransom Benoit's just trying to be like, like, can I interest you in some pastries? Like every time Bronson goes for the kill shot, it's a fake knife. She's like, it's a fake knife. (laughs) Shit. Uh, Right, so that was that was a tangent that I just I just thought about question. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I'd love to see that celebrity death match. Yeah. Um, But yeah, anything else to anything else to kind of sign off on for Shang Chi? Uh, No, like honestly, I think this is a great movie. I think what I'm going to do now after this podcast is over is I'm going to watch Kung Fu Hustle because all I've done is think about how great that movie is for this entire one hour podcast hey there's nothing <laughs> I thought you were going to say the movie I was like uh, a sign of a good movie is one that just makes you want to watch another movie <laughs> oh yeah like I, th- I think it's, I've been craving watching it for a while and then I just yeah. go she's shocked and there's so many like references to that movie and it's so I'm just like fuck I have to watch absolutely. this movie again absolutely I, I have to check it out as well actually I have seen it before but it was oh, years yeah. ago so yeah. I have to check it out again well, uh, actually, it's, oh. it's, it's one of Bill Murray's favourite comedy movies Oh yes, I remember reading that somewhere. Uh, Bill Murray, great guy, great. stand-up um, guy, stand-up would guy. Would do badly in a death match with Superman. Oh no, I I, I could go on for hours with this whole death match thing if I, if I left. Oh no, it's 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 a uh, it's Henry, it's Superman versus Bill Murray, but it's from Groundhog Day, and he just keeps coming back to life. <laughs> so so it's Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's like, Doma. <laughs> Superman, I'm here to bargain. I'm here to bargain. Do you want to know what the groundhog saw today? <laughs> Anyways, right. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for coming back and doing this. It was great crack. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's weird um, doing this from two different households. It is. It's great. I don't have to be there for tech support anymore. Exactly, yeah. I'm going to delete this file so fast. No, please. <laughs> Um, but I also want to say not only thanks to you but thanks to anyone who's listened to this or any other podcast if you want to keep up to date with the podcast you can follow at Reading of the Peers on Instagram you can follow on Spotify subscribe on Apple Podcasts um, I think that's it again thanks very much for listening we really hope you enjoyed it.